it. turns out if you go to a community college and then you uh, transfer into a four transfer into a four year institution, you you can get a totally. You, I I, <laughs> I didn't use it because I was using the GI Bill and I needed the GI Bill to get paid to like pay my rent when yeah. I was going to college because I had like two jobs, two kids. It was like it was tough. Yeah. Um. But I transferred with a four point I took like three bullshit classes at HCC and they're like presidential scholarship because you have a four point grand. And I was like, that's the that's it. That's the cheat code. <laughs> like crazy. I didn't take any entrance exams. Wow, I didn't have to crazy. like apply to PT school. They were like, well, one year veteran, like you'll be in. But then also here's the scholarship. That's crazy. Because you have a four It was like literally it was like intro to algebra and some other bullshit that I took because <laughs> oh, yeah. I did so bad. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. I, I dropped out. I dropped out of school. Um I like to say ninth and a half grade because I was in tenth grade, but I really stopped going to school at like in like eighth grade, <laughs> right? <laughs> so then I, I sat down to take like these uh, like placement tests, and I was like, "Shit, I don't know how to do any of this." <laughs> oh uh, man, that's that's hilarious. Um, so hold on, so you dropped out of school in you said ninth grade? Uh, technically, I was in tenth. Tenth grade, yeah. Um, and then walk me through like. Welcome to the Winners Podcast. My name is Zach. I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, co-host Shannon Ortega, um, and we have the privilege and the honor to uh, introduce one of our guests for today's podcast. His name is Dr. Roger St. Ange. Um, did I say that correctly? You did. I was waiting for it. Boom, it boom, good. boom. Um, from founder of Move Athletics in Western uh, Massachusetts, West Springfield, Massachusetts. And we're just super excited to, to get going and have a conversation with you and uh, learn a little bit about your entrepreneurship and how you brought this business to life and some cool things that I read about you. Nice, man. Well, thanks for having me, guys. For sure. For sure. So you have a doctorate in physical therapy. Correct. Um, I read something. I saw something that's pretty cool. So you have, um, you did one residency, right? Yep. And then two fellowships. Correct. Which yeah. is not typical, right? It's not like the normal <laughs> yeah. thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Most people don't do, uh, most people don't do one. Yeah. Sheesh. You did. You did three. You did. Explain the difference yeah, between the two. Explain it for so, our yeah. people. So the the residency is um it's like a a lower level mentorship program. So when you go to school for your doctorate, they teach you a little bit of everything, but not much about anything, right? Which is why I think that ninety percent of physical therapy is either completely useless or harmful because I feel like most people have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Because yeah. they teach you a little bit of pediatrics, right? Which includes like NICU, like infant baby stuff that I'll. Don't ask me to do that. Right? Like <laughs> neurological stuff, stroke, like spinal cord injuries, geriatrics, all this stuff, because you need to know it all to pass the test. It doesn't actually teach you how to treat patients, right? Yeah. So when uh, when you get out of school, like your doctor, and uh, now at least, right, you're a doctor, uh, a physical therapy, and there's a lot of people have a chip on their shoulder, like, I'm a doctor, I don't need help, like, I'm going to figure it out. Plus, in my industry, like, asking for help or saying that you don't know is, like, not socially acceptable. Right, you can't go in there and be like, "I don't know how to help this person," because then your coworkers and your bosses judge you. Oh. And it's like a lot of places, they're just like, "Yeah, look it up online, like read some journal articles." Chat GPT, it. it, it yeah, it is really, <laughs> it is really bad. So I, when I got out of school, I was like, "Shit, I don't know how to help anybody." I was like, "I might know how to not hurt somebody," but I wasn't even confident in that. And I was coming from like an exercise fitness background, even though I hate exercising. <laughs> You know, I taught CrossFit for, for a long time. I was a strength coach. Like, I did a lot of that in the Marine Corps as well. Thank you for your service, and, uh, by the way. Yeah, thanks, man. Sure. And um, 
So I just like was totally lost. My first evaluation, I literally went into my boss. It was a shoulder eval. My boss's name was Tina, Tina McDonald. And uh, she's a dope human being. But I, I went into her office. And I was like, Tina, I don't I got a shoulder eval. I don't know what to do. She was like, all right, look at this, this, and this. So I was like, all right, cool. So I went in, pulled the curtain. And I looked at, you know, this, this, and this. And I was like, I'll be right back. And I was like, all right, Tina, what what I do wow. next? <laughs> you know, and uh that was terrible, but most people will never ask for help like that. They just go in there, right? And then you come in as a consumer, and I'm like the doctor, yeah. and I'm just making shit up. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, it That's looks right. like shoulder impingement, right? And then yeah. like you get these maladaptive beliefs of like, oh, this is what's wrong with me because this expert of movement told me this is what's wrong with me, but he actually has no idea what he's That's talking. so interesting because in my line of work, I'm a, I'm a lender, mortgage lender. Yeah. Um, and if I don't know the answer to the question or I don't know where to take a client or whatever, I ask my ranch manager and they give me the resource and I go back to the client and let them know. And that's like, I'd rather do that than say, um, uh, yeah, let me lie. Let me lie through this. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't want my doctor to like <laughs> so much in the medical community. So much. We, we have to correct so many people's, uh, maladaptive beliefs or things that they're, like, it sounds like people literally just made it up because they are too afraid to be like, I don't know. Right. So, uh, so that's where I came from because I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but I set myself up. Uh, when I first got out uh, of school, I, I found a job that I knew was going to pay for all this mentorship. And uh, so I, I kind of just kept my foot in the door. I went every Friday throughout PT school and just like hung out and like built the relationship over years. So I knew that I was going to get the job, yeah, right? smart. Because uh, uh, it's expensive. It's a lot of stuff. And I had to travel a lot to be able to do it. Uh, so that led me into a residency. And a residency is... Uh, it's more of an entry level mentorship, right? So it's like, uh, we'll call it a level one. You go in and it's kind of more basics, but it puts you ahead of everywhere else, right? We're so it might take somebody five years or seven years to learn. Uh, you're able to get done, right? And be there in a, in a year with, with some help from someone who's been doing it for a long time in a dedicated, uh, you know, structured manner. So then the fellowship is like the level two. That is, that's that's as high as you can go. The, the fellowship is the highest level of like post-professional education that you can you can get. Um, so I did <laughs> I did two of them. Uh, that's crazy. How yeah. long? How long? Uh, so I actually got all of them done uh, in an aggregate of a little over two years because I overlapped them. So I was uh -huh. <laughs> I was working like 50, 60 hours a week in Springfield, and then I was traveling to Woburn and Boston twice a week for an extra like 10 to 15 hours, like not including travel time. Wow. Also one one weekend a month and like all kinds of stuff for, for years. So I did <laughs> I did a residency, and then I managed, you're supposed to complete a residency to be able to get into a fellowship, but I managed to get into a fellowship when I was still in the residency. Wow. So I overlapped it halfway through, I started this fellowship, <laughs> and then I finished a residency. So then halfway through the other fellowship, I started another fellowship. Wow, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, so it's just, uh, you know, it comes from a lot of probably self-doubt, honestly, right? Like, that's just, is what it is, right? The imposter syndrome, like never thinking that you're good enough or that you know enough. And I remember finishing like my second fellowship and, and asking my mentors, like, how do I continue to get better? Yeah. Like, what do I do now? Like, I don't have anybody to learn from. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a real thing, imposter syndrome. Yeah. You, people deal with that. I mean, I, I do, uh, <clears throat> I'm a photographer, so I deal with, I mainly do a lot of real estate photography and commercial photography, but a lot of times I do weddings. And sometimes at the end of the wedding, I'm like, what was I even doing? Yeah, and they could probably come out amazing. 
and it does like you he does like he's pretty like not not just because he's my friend he does fantastic work um, the, the, um, thank cool. you the the amount of self-doubt though even like during i could be in the middle of a photo shoot and for the most part i have a plan in my head but sometimes i'm just like is this good enough or especially when i go send pictures i'm like i think i like it i hope they like it but then, I, then I, you gotta get out of your head. But it's it always happens like yeah. Well, that's like that's the thing that uh, most people getting into business don't realize, right? That that imposter syndrome never goes away. Like I'll talk to business. I do like some business coaching now with the group that I'm in, the mastermind as well. And uh, it's cool talking to people that are just getting started because then that kind of makes me feel like I do know a little bit about what I'm doing because I've just it's just the experience of having gone through those stages, right? It's like at this point, I still have no idea what I'm doing. We're just yeah. figuring shit out as we go. Yeah. Right? It's like everything in business, you just make it up and you try to learn from other people's mistakes as much as you can, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you can make less of your own, but it's like that doubt never goes away. Yeah. And then when you have employees, do we have five clinicians, including myself? I am paying the salary for like seven people right now. And this is reliant on me. Like that's a that's scary stressful. thing. That's stressful. Right? Like I got seven that people. Makes me I got uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Their lives. Yeah. Their lives. Yeah. lives. Yeah, dude, my my uh, my lead doc, uh, Doc Miguel, he's out on paternity leave right now. Like his wife and I was a little baby. I'm like, shit, like they're <laughs> like, it depends on my business yeah. Suspe- su- yeah. uh, success. I, I love the fact that you think about that. Yeah, because not a lot of entrepreneur <clears throat> business owners think about. They just think about the bottom line, right? They're, what they're bringing home. I, mean, I feel yeah. like it's not all of them, but a lot, like mo- some, some. You think about it, but th- th- there's also like there's two sides of it. There's like there's the 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 dollars, right? They're the bottom line, but it's also like you got to be a compassionate human being. So it's like the constant struggle of are we profitable? Are my employees making good money? It was are like, they sat and with that good money? That. Yeah, it's uh, tough. It's interesting. It is, it is tough, it, especially because like in our, my business, we only see, and this is, this is why we even started, right? Because uh, the healthcare system is broken. We only see our clients for an hour uh, one-on-one, well, like 50 to 60 minutes, right? But it's me and you. It's yeah. you and the doc. No exercise text, no aids, no other patients, no double bookings, no every 15 minutes. It's like you get an hour of time one-on-one, uh, which is amazing. And it actually, our business model is kind of, <laughs> maybe isn't the best because we're asking people to pay for things that they don't want to pay for to do things that they don't want to do, right? It's like nobody wants to pay for physical therapy, Right, but nobody wants a shitty healthcare experience where they don't feel like they're being hurt and not get better either. So it's kind of tough because like people like going to other professionals like massage therapists or acupuncturists or chiropractors uh, because they don't have to do shit. They just lay there and get something done to them. I'm asking you to pay me to come in to do hard work, work. that you don't want to do, and you want your insurance to pay for it. Right? Like first of all, that's already <laughs> that's already a hard situation. There are a certain subset of people that value that, and uh, you know. The outcomes that we get are amazing. Sometimes people have to go through the ringer, though. They have to go through. We'll see people that have gone through 18 different providers over the last 11 months and gotten no results, right? They have spent tens of thousands of dollars and wasted countless hours of their lives. Yeah. And then they come and see us. I'm like, shit, I wish I did this sooner. But everybody's natural instinct is to like to try to save money up front. I'm like, oh, well, what's different? Like, I can get, use my insurance. Back to the point, insurance-driven clinics, right? Like The way that works is you enter into a, an agreement with the insurance company. You're like, I want to charge $300 an hour. And they're like, we're going to pay you 50. And you're like, shit, <laughs> right? And then and then you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll charge co-pays, right? Like how much does your insurance let your Your insurance dictates how much you can pay for a co-pay. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. If they're paying me, you know, maybe, maybe you get a good insurance and they're paying $150, right? 
and then you're paying $50 on top of that's $200 an hour. But in an insurance-driven clinic, they're seeing four patients at the same time per therapist. Now that gen- therapist is generating $800 an hour. Whereas our prices are more expensive, but our income per therapist is much less, right? So like we also want to give competitive pay, but we're making less money per therapist. So it's like, if we bring it back to the business model, like that again makes it difficult. Upside is that the quality of life is so much higher. The, the burnout rate in PT is two years. Two years as a physical therapist and people are getting out of the profession are completely disconnected and don't care about you anymore. Uh, and move, how long have you uh, moved athletics been in business? Uh, so we've been, we opened in 2019. Okay. Just in time of the pandemic. It was Wonderful fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's when I went full time in, in my business too. Right? Yeah. Pandemic yeah. came, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Interesting. I woke, uh, I woke up one morning, right? I had, I did this the worst way possible, but I'm very much a person that like, if you put me in, uh, a very desperate situation. Like if, if it's perform or starve, like I'm not going to starve, right? Like yeah. I will grind and hustle and I will do whatever it takes to succeed. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, usually, usually works out pretty well, <laughs> right? Like desperation is a hell of a motivator. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. Uh, I had no plans. I just was miserable. I woke up one morning and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I like had to have a talk with myself. I was like, what, what is it that you don't want to do? Like, you don't want to help people like that's fucked up. <laughs> Like, is that, is that it? Like you yeah. don't want to help people? I'm like, no, because my whole life has been dedicated to helping people ever since I got the Marine Corps, whether it's fitness, health, like some way. And, uh, and that's kind of what led me into to PT in the first place is working with athletes. Um, and I was like, well, I do want to help people. I just don't want to do it like this anymore. Mm. Right. Like this is just not sustainable. And people like aren't getting the help that they need to be getting. Right. Like it's, it's shitty. So I just drove to work. And as I was driving to work, I pulled up my cell phone. Right while I'm driving, I looked up how to write a letter of resignation, and I just got to work and I like emailed to myself, copy and pasted it, put my information in, and handed it in. Gave three weeks notice. I was like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm figuring this out. I had no place to start a business. I had no equipment. I had no plans. I had nothing. I moved into my parents' unfinished basement, musty ass basement. With my two kids couldn't pay my bills, and uh, and just figured it out. Wow, it was terrible. It was an awful way to get started. Man, super stressful. I have anxiety thinking about that. Dude, yeah. Wow. But Wait, uh, you, you, you knew you didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And you figured out a way to do it. Yeah. Well, so my thing here too, is that like time is the most valuable resource that we have. Well, I guess maybe I go back and forth. Energy is a very valuable resource, right? Cause if you have time, but you have the energy to use it, like what does it matter? But either way, in that situation, I had no time, right? Because I was seeing uh, 30, 40 patients in an eight hour day, right? I was seeing 150 plus patients a week. They would book me like six or seven patients at one time, all at the same time, right? And then another therapist would call out and they would have four or five patients and they would just move them all to me. And then there would be like a Medicare in there, which by the way is illegal, 100%, like completely illegal. There's so much insurance fraud that goes on. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, So like I had no time and then I had no energy because I also have to write notes, right? And that's why when you go to like rehab, they'll put you on a bike or even a hot pack or a cold pack or like- yeah, it's not to help you. Like nothing in that system is designed to get you better. It's designed to manage the therapist's time so they don't have to take four hours of notes home or spend their whole Saturday and Sunday catching up on them, which also means that your notes aren't accurate because they're trying to type these things two weeks later and they have no idea what they, they did because they've seen 200 visits since then. Hence the two-year burnout rate. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Dude, it's insane. And uh, when I got out of school, I was making $60,000. I had sixteen. Hundred dollars a month in student loan oh, debt man. repayment, and I was getting paid sixty thousand dollars. 
That's crazy. After dedicating seven years of my life to like learning how to help people. Wow. That I understand the burnout. Yeah. I understand the burnout. That's that's insane. So now <laughs> I'm like in shock right now. It's nuts. I have anxiety just thinking about the idea that you went to work on a random day. <laughs> Let's call it a Tuesday because yeah. it does, does it matter? You just like, you know what? See you later. This ain't for me, which I I love that. I love the idea of you getting up, you weren't happy, you were like, that's it. I'm I'm done. I'm making a move. Talk to me about like the what that looked like after the three weeks were up. How oh, yeah. did how did how you're did in the basement of your parents? Like, how did how did everything <laughs> come to to life? Yeah, so I uh, I talked to my buddy Tom. Uh, he owns CrossFit Wingman in Aguam, and I was like, "Hey, bro, I I want to start a business. Can I use your business to house mine?" And uh, he let me rent out his lobby area uh, mm. as like a treatment room, which was terrible. I mean, it was great. And shout out Tom, I really appreciate it. He was super helpful in my early days, like helped me out with a logo and like be just how entrepreneurs help other entrepreneurs, cool. right? He's like, hey, here's some shit that you're gonna need. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Um, <clears throat> so he let me rent out the lobby area because he didn't have like a private room or anything. Um, and I wasn't trying to take on, you know, like thousands of dollars of overhead when I had no money coming in. Uh, so I just, I, I bought a computer because I didn't even have one that worked. I need, I need one of those. And I bought a <laughs> treatment table. And then uh, I just used all of his gym space, all of his equipment. Uh, his clients were like my initial clients and like really just kind of built my business inside of his. Um, and then, you know, at one point it made sense to kind of part ways. And I went somewhere where I had a, a little bit of a, of a private room, uh, again, inside of a gym but I had like a locked door that was private, right? Like there wasn't kids running around with toilet paper stuck to their shoe <laughs> screaming as I'm trying to treat patients, um, which is fine. I, I appreciate the humble beginnings, right? Sure. I appreciate the the jump start there. Um, so that was kind of step two. And then um, in there, uh, we got royally screwed over by that gym owner. Uh, he was not the most honest person. The person that I knew that, that worked there, um, was a small percentage owner. I really like him. He got me in the door. They had a room that they were using as like a daycare center that they were just losing money on. And I was like, hey man, instead of like spending $2,000 a month on that, you want to make $500 a month on that? <laughs> and I'm like, cool, done, right? So then I had this really low rent that I was paying and uh, all the gym space and, and equipment inside of a, of a gym. Uh, and then when COVID hit, you know, a lot of gyms shut down. It was a tough, it was a tough situation. Yeah. Um, so and a lot of gyms were still like, doing personal training on the low because you got to pay the bills, right? It's like, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so I heard they was filing bankruptcy, so I asked him about it, and he lied to me. And then I heard, I heard it again from somebody else. So I asked him again the next day, and I was like, hey, man, like, I just heard from somebody else. If you are, like, there's no judgment. I just need to plan for my own Is this around 2020? Yeah. yeah. That was right, right when the pandemic was, was uh, in the middle of it. Um, and he was like, no, no, we're, we're not. We're not. We're going to be good. Right, like we got cash, we're gonna float this. And then uh, when I got home that night, I got a Facebook message from him. This is a Friday, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, just want to let you know, we are gonna be filing bankruptcy." I was like, "Oh, why didn't you just tell me that earlier?" But In person, yeah, right? right, yeah. I was like, "All right, whatever." I was like, "Yeah, not a problem, man." Like, just what's the timeline? Like, how much time do I have? He's like, "Oh, you got like three, four months at least." I went in on Monday morning; half the gym was gone. Oh, and then I was That's like, "Crazy, bro, what's going on?" He was like, "Yeah, we're out on Thursday." Thursday, the actual landlord comes in and he's like, who the hell are you? And I was like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Roger. I sublease. He's like, no, you don't. They're not allowed to be subleasing. And I was like, 
Shit. It gets better. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And he was like, you need to get out today. And I was like, well, how about this, man? Like, you have a big building that's not making you any money right now. And I have a family to feed. So maybe we can work something out. So he tripled my rent, uh, which, you know, whatever, is a lot less than what he was making. Uh, and it wasn't, again, not a great situation because it was like a big, now empty warehouse, dirty everywhere. But I had some equipment and I had my own office. That was nice. And he let me stay there for. Uh, for as long as I needed uh, or until he found somebody else. But I found somewhere to go uh, from there. So that's kind of like that's our our progression of like to where we are now, which that's was awesome. which was great because I honestly should have moved out of there sooner. But like when the overhead is so low, yeah. it's like so comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so far, that's- so far, like I'm, I'm still, tr- I'm still stuck on the going into work and just quitting. Oh, off that's, that's- that's- <laughs> so here's the funny part about that though. Right. Because Tina, you know, a lot of times when people are leaving their jobs on entrepreneurship, at least in my profession, because I, I see in the coaching that I do, I see a lot of people that are like trying to work up the nerve to do that because it's scary. But then also the personal relationships keep them there. Right? And like that was the hard part for me because I had a good personal relationship with Tina. And uh, it was so great because I was like, T, I'm sorry, man, but I got I can't do this anymore. Like, I got to give you this notice. She looks at me and goes, oh, my God, I'm quitting, too. So she called her boss, <laughs> put in her notice. Right. And they're like, that's fine. Like, we're just, we'll make, we'll, we're sorry to see you go. We'll make Roger the manager. He'll take over. And she's like, yeah, about that. Eh, he there. just put in his notice, too. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. So, I think it's cool, too. Like, that idea of like, you, you woke up one day and you were like, yeah, I'm all set. And instead, a lot of times people have that idea and then it's like two years, four years. And then they finally do it. You know what I mean? You were like, had the Today. idea. I'm doing it. You did it. And here we are. You know what I mean? That's pretty, I think that's fantastic that you like, you did that. You know what I mean? Um, you, see if this resonates with you. We only want to work with people we know will get results, AKA people that are willing to put in the work. <laughs> yeah. Sounds familiar. Let's talk about that. Sounds familiar. Yeah, man. So uh, for example, we had a guy that came in the other day and uh, he just like, wasn't all in it. Right. Like he had seen someone else and people, People are finicky, right? Like they, the one person that I was thinking of in particular earlier when I was saying they saw like 18 different providers over 11 months, like this is, this woman uh, had a low back issue that was felt as hamstring pain. And she had seen 11 other people that had worked on her hamstring. And she came in, she's, and I'm like, it's your back. She was like, no, it's my hamstring. I need to work on it. And I'm like, you've gone over this like for the last 11 months with 18 different people. Do you really want to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result? Mm. Like people do, like they they do. So then there was a guy that came in the other day that uh, he had some shoulder stuff going on that was coming from his neck and he was doing some things that this previous PT had told him to do that are keeping him in pain. And I was like, dude, you got to stop doing that. And he's like, well, it feels good when I do it. Like I, here's, <laughs> here's that, my aunt, my, uh, my um, analogy for that. I was like, yeah, you know what else feels good when people do it? Smoking crack. what what happens when you keep smoking crack right it jacks your life up it feels good in the moment but that's what keeps you in pain long term Mm. so like we ended i ended up telling dude like if you're not all in like if you're not going to stop doing that if you're not 100 going to do the treatment that we're prescribing like don't bother because i don't want to waste your time i don't want to waste my time i don't want to waste your money right because he's not going to get the result that he wants and we're like i we don't want to work with those people like when you come in like you need to be all in because our team is all in, right? Our yeah. team is going to be like rolling up the sleeves and getting in the trenches with you. Like we have direct messaging. We talk to people after hours. We're problem solving their day-to-day life. We're putting 
so much effort into helping these people and we can't want it more than they do. So like, you know, when somebody comes in and they're like waffling, like, oh, I don't know. Like sometimes people just aren't ready, right? They haven't felt enough pain to want to change. Just like that person that has that idea of like, oh, well, I should do this thing and they wait two years because the pain of change is greater than the pain of staying where they are and that needs to flip-flop. So we don't want to like we only want to work with people that when they come in they're like dude I'm ready to do the work to get better. And the reason that I feel so strongly about that is because when you work in an insurance driven practice there are so many people there that are not there to get better. And people have this warped sense of what PT is. Like people are there I'm just here to do my 6 weeks so I can get an MRI and they're like this is an obstacle that I have to overcome not a solution, right? I'm just trying I'm, to get paid from the car insurance. So I'm, just yeah. for, I'm just here for just a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly, right? Like I'm just here because my doctor told me. I'm here cuz my lawyer told me I got to be, right? Yeah. It's like so like we we don't want any of that. I bet you dealt a lot of that when you were working for insurance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't see any of that now because That's good. When you charge $300 an hour, people you're don't. Just, you're just cash-based. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're we're out of network, right? So it's we, we're cash-based, uh, which means that people, it's a fee-for-service. So they pay us up front for the service. If you have out-of-network benefits, we give you everything. They're called super bills. It's just an itemized invoice with the diagnosis and the procedural codes uh, that you submit to your insurance, and then your insurance will pay you directly. Got it. A lot of people have like 60 to 80% if they have out of network, but it also comes with really high deductible a lot of the times, right? And else, we can take like HSA, FSA, like care credit, all that stuff. So um, you're you're also in that process, right? You're also weeding out the people that don't want to put in the work because, like, yeah. if you're paying three hundred bucks an hour, for me, you rest assured that I'm I'm doing everything you're saying. Exactly. So you would think smart. so. A lot of people though, like there's some people with uh, that they don't, right? Like, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But in uh, <laughs> That's dude, nuts. it is it is it is nuts. Um, it really I don't, it blows my mind sometimes. Like, dude, you're paying so much money and you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to do. I mean, we sell we sell packages, right? With plans of cares with discount and all this stuff, right? Uh, that makes it a little bit cheaper, but like it's it's high by intention, right? Because when people pay for a service, right? Like, if you're paying fifty dollars, would you value it? I'll tell you what, I pay eight hundred and fifty dollars a month for my coach for health and nutrition. Right, not because I'm a fucking baller. I hate paying that much, <laughs> but it makes me do show the work. Up, show up, yeah. Right, I've spent two. I just, I just wrote a newsletter that hasn't gone out yet before I came in here. Right, uh, talking about that. Right, like I've gotten more results in the past four or five months in my fist, in my fitness, and my health after hiring this coach because I hate exercise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, than, than I have in the last two years. Wow. Right, there's been I can't tell you how many times where like I've been tired. I've been hungry i haven't wanted to do it i've got business work to do i've got all of these other excuses but i'm like shit i'm paying a lot of money for this like i gotta you gotta get it done and she's gonna talk shit to me if i don't do it yeah. <laughs> so. you know that that kind of reminds me of like that's like having a car payment of like 600 bucks and never using your car yeah yeah is that a good analogy that's a good one yeah yes, i'm good terrible one. at analogies oh he's bad i'm i was i had that one in like the holster for a little bit i was like <laughs> I'm, gonna use it. I'm gonna use it yes yes so <laughs> man i i love i love your story and we're getting ready to wrap up because we have someone else coming in. But so far, through everything you spoke about, I get the same message. And the word is coming out, sacrifice. So even from when you started, you say your one lie was you hate exercise. But this man's jacked. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you that. You did the two fellowships. Like, you understand that the work's got to be done. Can you talk a little bit about kind of your... 
your thought process behind, you know, I hate this, but I have to do it because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people, they know what they have to do, but they're not willing to put in the work or the sacrifice. And for someone that hates needles, your tats say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe some of it's just being like a, a little bit of a knucklehead, right? Too stupid to know when to say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, no one's coming to save you. No one's going to do the work for you. You get one life. How many people do you know that are living life with a purpose? Like, what do you want out of life? Like, big picture, what do you want out of life? Do you have that written down somewhere? Have you thought about it? I take every employee that we have, and I put them through a four-hour goal-setting course where we work through, and we dig deep down, and we find out what is it that you want from life? Right. And how can we help you get there? Like as a company, how can we help like um, our mission, help your mission fit in our mission? I'll tell you what, not a single one of my employees had an answer. Not a single person has like sat down and thought like, this is really what I want from life. And they still struggle with it. And most people like ask that question, like, what do you want from life? Like paint me the picture, right? Like people don't know that. And if you don't know that, if you haven't thought about that and you haven't put this intention behind figuring that out, what is the purpose of your life? Like, what are you doing? You only have one life. Yeah. You don't, there's no redos. Yeah. Yeah. Every moment that you're here wasting your time, spending two, two years in a job that you hate, right? Spending years in a relationship that you're miserable in and you're just settling for the status quo, like you're not going to get that time back. There are no redos, right? So that's what it is for me of like, I know that like I had a rough upbringing, right? Like, and that's not a pity story. Like there's a lot of people that have been there, but I was like in and out of, like foster care, I was like abused. Like there's a lot of shit in my in my childhood in my history, right? That's why I got into drugs and dropped out of high school, was living on my own since I was 14, right? I showed up at my mom's house like six ecstasy pills deep one day at like 11 o'clock in the morning and when I was 16, like I wanna join the Marine Corps, I need to change my life, I gotta get away from these people, right? And, uh, and that's what it is, it's like you have to do it. If there's something that you want, then it's not gonna happen. And you have all of the excuses, right? It doesn't matter what it is. There's always a good excuse to wait. There's always a good logical reason not to do it. The timing is never good, but there's never going to be a perfect time. There's never going to be a better time than right now, except for, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, right? Like you could have started yesterday. That was a better time. Sure. Maybe you're having a baby. Sure. Maybe you're going through some shit, whatever it is, but, um, if something needs to be done, like it's your responsibility. Nobody is responsible for your life. You can take the things that are there in your life that you've gone through and you can view them as obstacles and excuses as to why you can't do the thing. Or you can decide that you're, you're going to do the thing no matter what gets in your way. And you're going to take those and you're going to turn those impedances into, you know, an advantage, right? You're going to take your experiences and your obstacles. You're going to overcome them. You're going to learn some lessons and you're going to be able to help other people do the thing. That's like a really long-winded answer, but love sorry, it. dude, I just like got <laughs> into it. No, good. that I love that. That was um, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's good, awesome. man. Be, be, because so a lot, awesome. a lot of people don't have that outlook. A lot of people have the idea: I'm just going to wait until someone comes save me or whatever. So it's good that that even at 16, you were like, "I'm I'm tired of this. I need to change," and you joined the Marines, which they do a lot of exercise. I do. <laughs> so that's when I first started trying to like be fit. It was so it was looking back, 
it's comical because I put on, I was like Rocky. I put on an all gray sweatsuit. I ran like a mile, died. I did like some bicep curls and crunches, and I was like, this is fitness. I was like, I'm good. Like, no, so it was funny. awful. CrossFit is, I did CrossFit once. I did Murph. Yeah. That's a terrible way to start CrossFit. Right? Isn't it horrible? <laughs> my friends, you know what it is? I'm super competitive, so my friends were like, they go to Wingman, actually. Oh, yeah. And uh, they were like, hey, you should do this, you should do this. And I was like, I'm going to beat you if I do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not, like I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna crush it. I'm gonna beat. You. I'm gonna do it before you. do. I'm gonna finish before you do. <laughs> I'm like, you know, how, what is it? It's like 500 of this, 500 of that. Yeah, it's a it's a mile run, uh, and then it's 100 pull ups, 200 push ups, 300 air squats, and then another mile run. And I didn't. I did it like the cheating way. What do you call it? Like you, the you partition it. Yes. You break partition it, up, it and like it, it wasn't even like it was scaled. Yeah, <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> right? it was scale, and I still struggled. I was like, I, I think I finished in like an hour, yeah. right? But it was like a challenge. I'm like, this is not. I won't. I don't want to do CrossFit. CrossFit is trash. All set. Not doing it ever yeah. again. You, you probably were so sore after that. You couldn't oh, walk. Four days. <laughs> yeah. Four days. I was like hobbling. I walked. Someone told me walk down the stairs backwards. Oh, walk yeah. down the stairs backwards for like four days. So funny. Like, it's true though. If you're that sore, you walk down the stairs backwards. It's less than your quads. It didn't feel any different. Uh, <laughs> it sucked so bad. I did cross it, it for like six months. Yeah, you were crushing it too, I, Bambi. I, I <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did CrossFit one day. Went to the grocery store because I had to run errands right after CrossFit. Yeah. I don't know what workout we did, but my legs weren't working. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was crossing the street, my legs gave out. Oh and no! There was a car coming. I was trying to get up fast. My legs were shaking. I was like, "No!" Yeah, yeah. yeah like, that's that's is, my CrossFit story. This is the end. That's so funny. Yeah. So, how we like to end uh, all the episodes is what we do. What we call the "For the Win" segment. For the win. Um. So I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, and you just have to choose one or the other. All right. All right. So talking quick fire, quick fire. Talking pets or talking babies? Talking pets. Winning the lottery or finding your soulmate? Finding your soulmate. Netflix or Hulu? Shit, Hulu. Okay. Christmas or your birthday? Uh, Christmas. TV or movies? Movies. Painful truth or comforting lie? Painful, painful truth. Fruits or vegetables? Vegetables. Text or call? Text me. Waffle or pancake? Oh, shit, pancakes. Here we go. Racco Bear pancakes. Um, Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Fair enough. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was super fun. And um, we wish you all the best with Move Athletics and your whole team. And we hope you continue to do what you do. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Before sure. we end, what do you have? You have anything going on that you want to share? This will, this will air about two weeks. If you want to plug anything in, uh, any events, any the business, the location, all that good stuff. Oh, we'll yeah. add it in the description. But. Um. Yeah, I don't know the dates. We have some in, well, we're doing in-house workshops once a month at, at our clinic. We're located in West Springfield, right on Riverdale, uh, right by the BMW. If you guys are, are familiar, it's the old uh, Chapin Baby Elegant Lighting building yep. right there. Um, definitely check us out on Instagram at uh, Move Athletics PT. Check out our pelvic floor service line at uh, Move Pelvic PT. Uh, and check out our website. Um Shoot us a DM if you want to be on our newsletter. That's where we're going to put out, or where we do put out all of our upcoming events uh, and anything that we have going on, updates, that type of stuff. We do a lot of local community events, a lot of workshops. We just get out and really honestly just teach the shit that people pay us to teach them, but like for free to the community. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Way to give back. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you. thank you so much. Right on, man.